the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. As we are underway now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 24th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord 2021. Coming up in about 40 minutes, we will talk with Congressman Jim Jordan. He's got a lot that he wants to talk about. He's going to hit the idea of a January 6th commission very, very hard. He is going to talk about what's going on in Israel and why some of his colleagues in the House of representatives are supporting a terrorist group. And make no mistake about it, they are. They're not even hiding it. That's the way that it is. Right now, there's a very tentative and very, uh, how do we, gentle? No, that's not the right word either. But it's a very, very, uh, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to find the right word to describe the ceasefire. It's tentative. I guess I'll just stick with tentative. It's fragile is the word I'm looking for. How about that? It's a fragile ceasefire. Right now, that's been brokered by Egypt, but it could end at any moment. Because, you know, a rocket in Hamas' hands is a rocket that's going to be fired in Israel. Uh, that's the bottom line. And Iran continues to supply Hamas with rockets. So, therefore, rockets will be fired at Israel. This is just the way that it goes. Unless Hamas is fearful of somebody else stepping in and intervening in a very, very diff- uh, a different way. Which is what President Trump represented in the four years from 2016 to 2020. He represented handling things in a different way. He moved the American embassy to Jerusalem. He recognized Jerusalem as the true capital of Israel, as they say. And he is willing and was willing to uh, to defend Israel against uh, terrorists from Iran or by proxy through Hamas and Islamic Jihad uh, in Gaza. But now, of course, all of that threat is gone. 
Now there's little, weak-willed, spineless China Joe with a kung fu grip. And now, of course, things are in serious jeopardy there. So Jim Jordan's got thoughts on that coming up uh, today as well. Then also at 1010 today, we're going to talk with Pastor Jeff Turing. You probably have heard him on some of the promos and the commercials <clears throat> and maybe listened to him uh, on the radio already. Uh, but he, you know, he, every time I hear one of his promos, I think, boy, I've really got to talk to this guy because he's got a lot to say. And it's very interesting to get it from clergy. Some of the, some of the, you know, conservative ideals and principles. I fear sometimes for my own church as a Catholic, I fear some of the leadership that we have in the church right now and whether or not it is necessarily, uh, how do I want to say it is following the, you know, the, the, the teachings of the Bible and following the teachings of what we all remember as old school Catholicism. Now it is becoming so much more modernized. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is becoming much more uh, progressive, if you will, and I'm a little bit worried about it. So I wonder, is there anybody left in faith, in the world of faith, that is going to fight for traditional values? And you know what? Pastor Jeff Turing is based on what I hear from my uh, uh, from the promos, or rather, that air during my show and during uh, during the day on AM 1420, The Answer. So I'm kind of looking forward to talking to Pastor Turing about the division in America and what he sees as the best possible way to, you know, to unite Um if that can be done, and if not, what will become of this great republic? He's very outspoken, but very, very thoughtful and very, very introspective, and I'm very much looking forward to that conversation. So Jim Jordan at 948, <clears throat> Pastor Touring coming up at 1010 this morning. We will do nothing else, however, until we begin our day with our traditional Pledge of Allegiance. So please, if you are a patriot, stand, put your hand on your heart, face a flag if you have one nearby. If you're not, If not, that's okay. For everyone else, leftists, take your traditional need. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, that's exactly how I feel about it as well. I want to start now with the idea of a nine or excuse me, a 1-6 commission to be formed according to those who wish to, who, to uh, create one in the image of the 9-11 commission. And that's because those on the left, and that includes at least 35 Republicans, who I now think we can confirm as just flat-out leftists, uh, yes, and I am talking about Anthony Gonzalez and Dave Joyce, two Ohio Republicans joined the Democrats in the House in voting for a 1-6 commission, they see January 6th as being on the same scale as 9-11. When over 3,000 people lost their lives in the most horrendic, horrendous rather um, terrorist attacks on the United States and our soil in our history, they want to compare a bunch of outraged patriots who came down to Washington, D.C. just to hear a president and to yell at Washington to count the votes properly who then perhaps aided, in fact, not even perhaps, there's plenty of video evidence of it, but aided by agents provocateur on the far left who said, yeah, let's go in there, and went and took it too far. Uh, make no mistake about it, I said after the day, after January 6th on these airwaves, I said anybody who broke into that building and anybody who trespassed should be held accountable by the force of law. Anybody who did even worse by damaging, vandalizing, smashing, threatening should be put in jail 
period. I made no mistake about it. Trump supporters or no. But I said that better doggone well include the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter individuals who were indeed infiltrating that crowd and encouraging. We've got audio of that, too, uh, what went on. So I in no way will defend the storming of the Capitol on January 6th. I also recognize it for what it is and what it was. One person, one person lost their life on that day, and it was a Trump supporter. A 35-year-old Air Force veteran named Ashley Babbitt, who was a Trump supporter, who was simply trying to go into the building like so many others. And on her way through the window-slash-door that she was going through, she was shot in the throat by a Capitol Hill police officer who, to this very moment, remains unnamed. And there's only one reason for that. Ashley Babbitt's white. You'd better believe that if Ashley Babbitt had been a person of color who had been going through that window for any reason whatsoever and had been shot in the throat and killed, Ashley Babbitt's uh, shooter, the police officer, would be identified, and there would be charges. Now, I am not suggesting that there should be charges. I don't know enough about it. But I do know that investigations have been done, and more investigations about what happened on January 6th are underway. And the idea that they need a 9-11-style commission to find out what happened that day is... I won't say laughable, because that would make light of a very situ- a very serious situation. But it is ridiculous, is what it is. The idea that a 9-11-style commission, <clears throat> which was conducted specifically to find out where our failures were in terms of our intelligence and in terms of our preparedness and defense from foreign bad actors, terrorists, who did something completely novel and unique. Rather than shooting bombs, rather than uh, setting bombs, they turned airlines into bombs, airplanes rather, into bombs. And the idea that something like this could happen on the scale that it did was simply incomprehensible. I mean, nobody could have comprehended or thought of such a thing prior to that happening. They conducted a bipartisan And for the most part, blameless. They weren't looking to assign... I mean, I suppose there were some. Some Democrat members of the 9-11 Commission who wanted to pin the blame on George Bush. Especially those who said it was an inside job. Uh, And there may have been some on the Republican side who wanted to pin the blame on Bill Clinton because Osama bin Laden did all of this, rose to power, and of course uh, then allowed Khalid Sheikh Mohammed to put this plan into motion in the late 1990s. It was carried out in September of 2001, but it didn't get started planning in March of 2001. It had been planned on and worked upon for a number of years. So they had to go into full depth to find out exactly how and why this, this occurred. This situation on January 6th was so extraordinarily minor when compared to 9-11, it should be offensive to anybody who hears, uh, you know, elected politicians, elected officials say that this was like 9-11. It it should offend you and your sensibilities. Now, the 9-11 Commission, again, was conducted, I believe, in a, in a largely bipartisan manner in which they were just trying to figure out, we've got to make sure this kind of thing can never happen to our country again. What happened on January 6th, however, a protest grown out of control, 
That has happened many, 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 many times in our nation's history. And it has happened even on public, or excuse me, on government, government grounds. Just a couple of short years ago, when protesters went to the Supreme Court of the United States, leftist, pro-baby killer protesters pounded on the door during Brett Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation hearings. I mean, they stormed that. Nobody tried to pull them back. The only thing that changed is they weren't successful in smashing the right windows to get in, but they tried. We have seen state capitol buildings overrun by angry protesters in multiple states. And I'm talking about just in the last 12 to 24 months. This isn't new. This kind of thing has happened many, many, many times. And at the end of the day, now this one happened to be the U.S. Capitol instead of the U.S. Supreme Court building. In the U.S. Capitol instead of, say, the you know Wisconsin Capitol or what have you. This is not new protests grown out of control and that become violent to an extent. And, of course, we saw six, seven, eight months of protests that started out peaceful that elevated into violence in street, city streets all over this country last year. There's just no, there's no denying that, that protests that grow out of control. Now, and here's the other thing. The 9-11 Commission was created and commissioned to find out how it happened and how to stop it from happening again. The 1-6 Commission already knows how it happened and already knows how to stop it from happening again. Beefing up security around the Capitol if there's ever another march on Washington. And guess what? They would have to do that for every single march to come. And I'm okay with that. There are numerous marches on Washington, D.C. for various groups, whether it be pro-life groups or pro-choice groups or for uh, immigration groups uh, or, or whatever the issues might be. I mean, we, we see them all the time. And in this case, it was a, uh, there was an election fraud, uh, the belief of the former president and millions of his supporters, of which I am one, there was a belief in election fraud, and we want to go there and tell them not to certify this election until a, a routine 10-day audit can be conducted. That's it. So trying to figure out how something, the magnitude and the scale of 9-11 happened, and comparing that how something like 1-6 happened, it's, it's apples and shares. There's no comparison. It's ridiculous. Protests happen in D.C. all the time. Oftentimes, they result in storming of buildings. In this particular case, it involved storming of a building and, yes, breaking of windows to get in. And in other cases where it didn't involve breaking of windows or smashing down doors, it involved police officers providing some really serious questions, I guess, about whether or not they were complicit because they opened the gates and allowed people to go right through. Believing, hey, this is the people's house, they're going to go in there and they're going to walk around and they're going to yell and, and then leave. And maybe that's all they would have done. Of course, some of them did start stealing things and so forth. And again, those people should be put in jail. But the bottom line here is that the 9-11 Commission was extraordinarily important and very necessary because of the scale of something that happened we had never seen before. The 1-6 Commission, if it is, if it is created, is to is to understand something that has happened many, many times before and happens on a routine basis. 
a protest grown out of control. It's just that simple. I've got audio for you I want to share, and I want to hear from you, too, at 216-901-0945, This is the authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926 now. Marco Rubio, senator from Florida over the weekend, recorded a little uh, two-minute video that he uploaded to his Facebook account, I believe. I want you to listen to this now because, again, uh, this is about the 9-11, or excuse me, I keep saying 9-11. It's about the 1-6 commission that some say is as necessary as the 9-11 commission. Marco Rubio just brings straight truth here. So last night I had a chance to sit down and go through the supposed bipartisan commission on January 6th that came out of the House, and it became apparent pretty quickly what this is all about. So let me first say this. There's no cover-up here. Everyone, or we already know what happened January 6th. It was a horrifying day. It's something that should never happen again. And we're going to learn even more about what happened that day. Why? Because the Justice Department, as they should, is trying to prosecute and put in jail hundreds of people responsible for what happened that day. And they should. If you committed violence on that day, if you were there to hang the vice president or uh, kill any member of Congress, the speaker, whoever, you should be put in jail. You should go to jail. And we're going to learn from those investigations how that happened and what led to that point. And then the Democrats control committees in the House. They control committees in the Senate. They can do investigations. Some of them already are. We're going to learn from that. Capitol Police has already done its own commission about what went wrong that day. We've already learned from that. So there's plenty of attention being paid to this, not to mention that the media doesn't stop talking about it. They're also looking at it. So everyone's looking at it. So there's no cover-up here. So, so what is this about? I'll tell you what this is about. First thing that stood out for me. Okay, This is about politics. Here's how. They have this thing that says, well, in order to issue a subpoena, you need both the Republican and the Democratic side evenly divided to agree to it. But that's not the point for politics. You don't actually need the subpoena. All you need is a story out there saying... Congressman so-and-so, they want to subpoena him or her, uh, but they can't because the Republicans are blocking it. And then the stories are going to be, number one, it creates this impression that maybe Congressman so-and-so did something wrong. Why would they want to subpoena him? And number two, the story would be Republicans are covering up the investigation into Congressman so-and-so. So that's what this is about. It's about damaging Republicans. You don't even need the subpoena. You just need the request for subpoena to damage Republicans for blocking it and to damage that member of Congress, whoever it is, simply because you want to look at them. Why would you want to look at them unless they did something wrong? That's what this is about. It's about keeping the House majority in 2022 and winning elections and keeping this in the headlines. And by the way, it's not evenly divided because the chairman of this commission has the power to hire all the senior staff and has special powers to overrule decisions made by the other side and the vice chair. This is a partisan joke. Marco Rubio is a thousand percent correct. It is a partisan joke. And you know who joined in on it? Ohio's 16th Congressional District Representative Anthony Gonzalez, the same Anthony Gonzalez who voted to impeach President Trump without due process, now is voting to impeach him again. Because that's what this is all about. It's another partisan witch hunt. He was already impeached for, quote, inciting the riot, inciting an insurrection at the Capitol because he gave a speech on January 6th at the, uh, uh, in Washington in which he said, let's go peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard. 
peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard. In other words, what has been done with citizens in Washington since the formation of this country. That's it. So he was cleared in the uh, uh, impeachment over that incitement to violence or incitement to insurrection. So now, I think two things. What Marco Rubio just said is spot on. They're worried about 2022, and they feel like if they can damage enough Republicans here, they can hold on to their majority. And number two, they're scared to death of Trump 24. Trump in 24 still terrifies them. So if this commission can come forth and find a way to blame Trump for this and make him ineligible or at least, um, you know, uh, damage his ability to win in, in a potential Republican primary and have to deal with him again on the Democrat side, that's what they're doing. So it's kind of the third attempt to impeach Donald Trump. Anthony Gonzalez voted for this and so did Dave Joyce. Dave Joyce is defending his vote, saying it's not about trying to get Trump or Trump supporters. It's about just finding out where the breakdown in security was. Baloney. Whether that is his real intention or not, that is not going to be the outcome. The outcome is going to be every bit as damaging as Marco Rubio just described. I do want to hear from you. Should there be a January 6th commission? 216-901-0945. Dial and answer that question next. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420. The answer. 9.36 now, we continue AM 1420. The answer, simple question for you. Do you believe that we need an, a, a, a January 6th commission, a 9-11 style January 6th commission to study and investigate what happened and what led to the Capitol breach on January 6th? I I hate to even make the comparison to 9-11 for all the reasons I said in the open, but I want to play this for you. This is George Will, used to be a conservative, is pretty much a rhino now uh, uh, in, in its own right. George Will hated Donald Trump, wrote about him for four years, uh, opposed him, opposed America first. Uh, but this is what happens. You know, he's kind of like that Lincoln Project uh, type of Republican now. But here's George Will talking about the 9-11 Commission and a 1-6 Commission. For something going forward on this January 6th Commission, it's kind of hard to believe it's even controversial. Well, it's controversial for one reason. We have something new in American history that is a political party defined by the terror it feels for its own voters. That's the Republican Party right now. Every elected official is frightened of his voters, therefore doesn't respect his voters, doesn't like his voters, and is afraid that a vote for this will be seen as an insult to the 45th president. There's no reason, I mean, McConnell has a point. There are going to be lots of investigations. Journalists are going to go through this. There are 450-some criminal charges now being brought with 100 more probably to come. So there's going to be lots of information about this. I would like to see January 6th is burned into the American mind as firmly as 9-11, because it was that scale of, of shock to the system. And I think there will be a commission, but it is controversial for that reason. Can, can you believe what you just heard? I'm going to let you hear that last part again here before I go to the phone calls here. Here's what George Will said. I would like to see... January 6th is burned into the American mind as firmly as 9-11. 3,000 people lost their lives on 9-11. It would have been 
thousands more, if not for the extraordinary, extraordinary heroism and sacrifice of first responders, police officers and firefighters and medics, climbing countless, endless stairs. And I'm talking just about the World Trade Center part of this, not even talking about the Pentagon or the Flight 93. Thousands of people lost their lives. A foreign attack on on American soil in a way that none, nobody ever conceived of before. He wants that to be on the same scale as January 6th, where one person died and that one person wasn't a quote-unquote innocent victim inside the Capitol. It wasn't a member of the United States government. It wasn't a Capitol Hill police officer. It was a Trump supporter who tried to go through a window and got shot in the throat, unarmed, not resisting arrest, not doing anything that would warrant being shot in the throat, but she got shot in the throat. That was the only death. And and George Will and leftists want 1-6 to go down and be burned in the memory of Americans in the same way that 9-11 does? Really? How many more false narratives are they going to push? Here's another example. Jen Psaki, White House spokesperson, Madam Circleback herself. Listen to what she said about this. I'm, I'm happy to check on the status of the letter. Uh, obviously, the president's um, view is that there are a number of officers who lost their lives, paid a tremendous sacrifice uh, for uh, on a day that will uh, be a stain on our democracy. From Did you hear that? The president's view is that there were a number of officers who lost their lives on that day and made the ultimate sacrifice on a day that will stain our democracy. No officers lost their lives on that day. From anything other than natural causes, Brian Sicknick, they tried to tell us for months, was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. Come to find out, he no such thing happened. He went home that day. He died of a stroke. But they want you to believe that this was some sort of massive armed insurrection. Nobody there had arms. Nobody in the Trump crowd came to listen to the president speak and then went down to D.C. or to the uh, Capitol to, to scream and yell at the um, senators to not vote to certify the election because they wanted that 10-day audit that Donald Trump was requesting. Nobody was armed. The comparison of this to 9-11 is just embarrassing. It's disgusting, quite frankly. Jeff in Beachwood, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, there's so much to say. I mean, just the very point that you just made is the reason why we can't have uh, a show trial, because basically that's what it would become. They will they will mischaracterize and lie anything to frame the, the, the narrative the way they want it, along with, you know, that Setnik was bashed over the head and that there was an insurrection where there was nothing of the kind. Things that Code Pink did numerous times. And when Kavanaugh was uh, up for uh, the Supreme Court, the demonstrations in front of the Supreme Court were much more aggressive and much more planned. But I have a question. Why is it that when when Donald Trump ran through, won the election, from the minute he won, it was he was resisted with lies and every kind of obstacle was put in his way, and, you, and Russia, 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 and the Republicans played along, allowed the Mueller report uh, commission to come about, even though we had all the majorities, um, we kind of went along and said, okay, investigate whatever you want. Didn't, didn't, uh, accuse the Democrats of, 
undermining our free and um, peaceful transfer of power. None of that. And yet, when there is so much more evidence that the recent, the 2020 election was tainted, um, all we hear about is the big lie, the big lie, the big lie constantly. It's like they never could talk about it with saying those words. Yeah, they well, like the, the, the answer to your question, Jeff, the answer to your question, Jeff, and thanks for the phone call, is they control the media. It's not just about controlling the majority, which, of course, they did uh, in, in, uh, uh, the, uh, after the uh, 2018 midterms. It, it's controlling the media. Because you're right, Hillary Clinton still hasn't, she still hasn't essentially, um, you know, admitted that she lost the election. For months after she officially, quote, conceded, she still would say, we all know that he's not a legitimate president. We all know that the election was tampered with. We all know that Russia helped uh, count the votes for Donald Trump. She still hasn't really come clean and said, yes, I lost fair and square. And yet it was Donald Trump's big lie that is threatening democracy. Stacey Abrams, Democrat, still thinks she's the mayor or the, or the uh, governor of Georgia. She still hasn't conceded in that election. This is It's incredible. Uh, Mar- Mario Innocenzi, my good friend, welcomed all of us to the uh, Geauga County Conservative Club event last Wednesday, the Presidential Gala. Hey, Mario. Bob, how are you? Good morning. Good, Fantastic my friend. Show. Hey, I want to concur with you and Marco Rubio. All this is is another inquisition, another slap at Donald J. Trump, another way to get an impeachment out there. Listen, I was there on January 6th. I went down with 55 patriots from Geauga County. We didn't have any guns. We didn't have any baseball bats, knives, sticks. We had American flags. We went down there to peacefully and patriotically protest for a fair and free election. Well, you know what? You you had one other thing. You also had, I believe I saw rosaries. I saw a lot of people praying there for our country. So, so yeah, you were real dangerous to the republic and to the uh, democracy, right, Mario? You and and thousands of people who went down there armed with flags and rosaries. Boy, what a terrible terrorist group you guys were. Donald Jimmy Trump said in his speech, please march down peacefully and patriotically. That's what we did. Folks, if you don't get, get registered and vote, for Republicans. Get the rhinos out of this party. We're going to have big problems in 2022 and 2024. Got to get out and well, vote, folks. Well, Mario, like you said, or like I said, rather, at your event on Wednesday, it's not just about voting for Republicans. It's about voting for conservatives. Vote for right conservatives. Person. If there's a primary and you have a choice between a conservative and a rhino, get the rhinos out of our way. They're Absolutely. only hurting the cause. Mario, thank Dave, you, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks, Bob. You, thanks thanks for all you do, brother. Yes, <laughs> it was Bye. my pleasure. It was my pleasure. What a great group. Yeah, it was uh, It was a great event on Wednesday at the uh, Presidential Gala, and Mario is a patriot for everything that he does. Jim Jordan is next. Okay, 948, as promised now, let's welcome Congressman Jim Jordan back to our program. Congressman Jordan joins us each and every week at this hour to talk about what's most important in his district and on Capitol Hill. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Good to talk to you, as always. Okay, let's dive into it. Um, You know, I'm blown away. Your colleagues, two of your colleagues here in uh, the state of Ohio, joined 33 other Republicans in siding with 
the Democrats in in voting to create yep. a a a partisan witch hunt impeachment attempt number three uh, for because Di- yep. I really believe that's what's behind this here in the form of yep. a January sixth commission that they are calling as necessary as the nine eleven commission was and they're actually trying to equate the two. Uh, Anthony Gonzalez and Dave Joyce joined the Democrats in doing everything they can to smear Trump, smear Trump voters, and smear Republicans. Um, what is your opinion on that? No, I mean, this is, you're right, Bob, this is ridiculous. This is impeachment number three. Um, you know, who they're going to put on this commission? They're going to put on Andy McCabe, Jim Comey, uh, John Brennan. You know, is that who the Democrats are going to have? That would be the kind of people that Pelosi and Schumer would put on this commission. So we know what the, what the focus here is. And I always tell folks, you know, voters get disappointed all the time by elected Republicans. Imagine what's going to happen when you have appointed Republicans who aren't directly accountable to we the people, we the voters. Uh, what kind of what, what kind of focus these Republicans on this quote bipartisan commission are really going to be out to do? So this is a bad idea. It's all about going after President Trump because they don't want him to run in twenty twenty four. Do you think this will uh, pass the Senate? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think so. Based on what uh, Leader McConnell uh, uh, has has indicated. Um, you know, and, and we should also remember 83% of Republicans in the House saw this for what it was, saw this for just, just how you described it and voted against it. So there were only a handful who voted for it. I think the same thing will probably play out in the Senate. And so if that's the case and they can't get to 60 votes in the Senate, then this commission won't move forward, which would be the best thing for the country. Does the Republican Party have a unity problem when you see this? Again, 10 uh, voted to impeach him uh, without due process. Now 35 joined the Democrats, all of the Democrats on the House side, to vote for this commission to be created. Why does it appear as though so many Republicans just do not want to um, want to unite and coalesce around the truth? Well, I mean, part of the just nature of republic, you know, we're, we're, we believe in the power of the individual. We believe in individual liberty. We believe in freedom. We believe in, you know, voting your, your conscience, speaking your mind. So in general, uh, on all issues, that's just sort of the nature of Republicans. Democrats believe in government, so it's easy to rally around more big government all the time. Uh, so I think there's just sort of that, that sort of inherent difference. Um, but I do think we're united and, and President Trump's the leader of our party. Uh, you know, we saw what happened in Ohio, Bob. I always tell the story when last fall before the campaign, I spoke over in Youngstown, um, and there were like 350 Republicans at an event just outside of Youngstown, the Canfield area. Used to be you couldn't find 350 Republicans in the Mahoning Valley. So this was a huge event. When the event's over, Jim Trafficking's family came up to me to get a picture. So I always tell people, you know, Jim Trafficking, longtime Democrat member of Congress, first his family's at a Republican event. Second, they want to get a picture with the conservative guy, Jim Jordan, once the event is over. I mean, that tells you the difference President Trump has made. So I do think our party is growing, uh, as evidenced by the huge numbers that came who are former Union Democrats who are now Trump Republicans, and I think that's a good thing. I hope that is the case, uh, that we can grow in areas like that. Jim Jordan is our guest, Ohio 4th Congressional District Congressman. Um, you said you want to speak your mind, but if you want to speak your mind on the House floor, you still have to do it from behind a mask. Why and how is Nancy Pelosi fining members of Congress for simply following the CDC guidelines? Yeah, I mean, because it's been political for a long time. Never forget, Gavin Newsom could go to a five-star restaurant with friends and family. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the, the, the governor who's locked her state down for, for I don't know how long now in Michigan, was what just found this weekend she's <laughs> out violating the rules. So they can they can go to restaurants, they can violate the rules. Meanwhile, we weren't allowed to have Thanksgiving with our family. Remember that last last fall? 
Sure. Some states were saying you can't. And that, well, well, at the very moment they're putting that order on all us, all us commoners, all us regular people, uh, the elite, they get to do whatever they darn well want. So this is Pelosi. She could go to the salon when we couldn't. Uh, she can take her mask off at the White House when we can't take them off during uh, during session unless we're speaking. So um, this is just who Democrats are. There's always a double standard with the Democrats. They think it's okay because they think they're better than us. But the American people see it for what it is. I read in a couple of different places um, the the description of masking and the, the ongoing desire to mask among progressives mostly. Uh, they see the mask as kind of their MAGA hat. You know, this is this is their way of identifying one another. If you're wearing a mask, you're a progressive. If you're not, you're 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 obviously a mouth breathing Republican. Uh, and they're and they're always they always seem so angry. It's like lighten up, everyone. It's, we're we're going into Memorial Day weekend. It's America. It's the greatest country ever. Why do you always have to be mad? Like it seems like the Democrats, these these lefties who wear who insist on the mask and insist on all their crazy politics, they they always seem to be mad at the world. And I'm like. I, I mean, the other day I got out of the, I got out of the car walking into a, 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 a CPI, Conservative Partnership Institute there in, in, in D.C., and some guy's running along with a mask halfway on his chin. I mean, running outdoors, but he's still got a mask hanging on his chin. Uh, and, and he just swears at me just because he just doesn't like, you know, conservatives, just doesn't like Jim Jordan conservatives. And he just swears at me. I'm like, is it really that bad? It's a sunny day. You're going out for a run in, in, in our nation's capital, which is a beautiful day. Like, I, I just don't. I can't figure out liberals. They seem to be mad all the time. Just be happy. It's America, and just relax a little bit, and let freedom work because it always works better than big government. Well, I, I believe I believe progressives are addicted to fear, and I think they have scared the bejesus out of themselves so much over the course of the last fourteen <laughs> months. They don't know how to be not afraid anymore. I mean, I'm not kidding about that. Um, now, speaking of of uh, the masking. Uh, let's talk about Dr. Fauci, um, who is now hinting and suggesting against what he has said all along that, yeah, okay, yeah. it looks like that maybe COVID-19 did come from a Wuhan lab. This after uh, Admiral Brett Chua has also said that the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming that coronavirus originated from a lab. So it, first yeah. of all, if this is the case, and we all know that the WHO's quote-unquote investigations here were led by Xi Jinping, they were led by Communist China, which means they have no merit whatsoever. If we now have top American scientists and doctors saying this looks like what happened where do we go from here well hopefully the democrats will investigate this, this i brought this up last week in the, in the select committee on coronavirus i brought this up i said everyone has even anthony uh tony blinken the secretary of state says we don't trust what the who said uh avril haynes director of national intelligence for the biden administration she she said that oh we don't agree with the findings of the who because remember the who said that it, it didn't come from the lab they said it's extremely unlikely that it came from a lab that they're all questioning that Journalists, mainstream but that's the CP, that's the CCP running the the WHO though, so yeah. that means nothing. There's no right. merit there whatsoever. Right. Exactly. What I'm saying is, everyone is questioning now, saying that the evidence is pointing to it came from the Wuhan lab, and everyone understands this that this needs to be investigated. Except Democrats in Congress, they won't do it. And my re, my feeling is the reason they won't do it is because Fauci himself would have to answer tough questions. Remember a year ago. They said, oh, no, it, and like Tom Cotton, Senator Cotton, others who said that they felt it came from the lab. No, you're crazy. This is not true. It came from the wet market, came from animals, jumped to humans. All that stuff they heard it didn't come from the lab. So, but now all the evidence points in that direction. They're going to have to, Dr. Fauci is going to have to answer some very difficult questions. Like you gave $3 million to EcoHealth. EcoHealth then gave 600000 to the Wuhan lab. 
what in the heck is American tax dollars doing going to a lab in China, particularly if it's doing the kind of research that Senator Paul suggested, which is given this fancy term gain-of-function research, if that's going on and you knew something about that, so that's the key. We need to investigate. I think Democrats are reluctant to do so because Fauci would have to answer some tough questions, and everyone knows Dr. Fauci is all-knowing and never has made a mistake in his life. Yeah, well, it's it, well, that part is probably true, really, because when you give both sides of every story, you really you're always right. I mean, because he literally <laughs> has said one thing one day and the other the other day. So sooner or later, yeah. he becomes right. Uh, two other quick ones here, Congressman Jordan. Um, Joe Biden has so much confidence in his uh, immigration policy at the southern border that he is now ordering his um, uh, the uh, unaccompanied minors who are yeah. coming into the United States flown from the border states where they are overwhelming the facilities down there to other states in the country under the cover of darkness, literally at yeah. night when nobody's watching and he thinks that the media is asleep. He's sending these planes into Tennessee and other states, dropping these kids off there so that the optics down by the border look just a little bit better when Kamala Harris eventually, if Kamala Harris eventually ever goes down to visit. Yeah, it's, I mean, they created this mess. Uh, it, you, you, you're left with no conclusion except that they did it intentionally because you, you can't do the things we've talked about this. You can't announce to the world you're not going to deport anyone. You can't announce to the world you're going to stop the wall. And you can't change the, Mex- the Remain in Mexico policy and not expect this. And now their whole focus seems to be, oh, we'll just process it faster. We're not going to deal with the crisis we created. Uh, we're just going to process it faster and move people all over the country, as you just indicated. Um, again, I think I think the country understands that these people are just completely out of touch. I, I said this last week. Think about this. In 120 days of the Biden administration, Democrats in control of the federal government. In 120 days, we went from a secure border to crisis. We went from energy independence to gas lines, and we went from peace in the Middle East to thousands of rockets being fired on our ally and friend Israel. I mean, that's what that doesn't even count the taxes that are coming, all the spending they've done, the inflation. That doesn't count all that and, and the threats to your liberty and the double standard that we talked about earlier. That's how bad it is. I think so many Americans are saying we did not bargain for this. Maybe some people who set out the presidential election or said, you know, I'm going to vote for Biden because of, for whatever crazy reason they had. They're now having, I think, buyer's remorse and second thoughts and saying this is ridiculous. And again, I think it's why we will win back the House uh, in 18 months. Well, I'm glad you brought up Israel. That was going to be my last question. And my question is is really more specifically about America. We have numerous members in the House and in the Senate. Uh, these are elected officials, representatives of the people, who are publicly and openly backing Hamas. They say it's yeah. backing Palestine and backing Palestinians and so on and so forth. Well, Hamas is acting for Palestinians and firing rockets into Israel in an attempt to eradicate uh, uh, you know, Israel, to wipe it out, to kill as many Jews on the other side of that border as they possibly can, and then, of course, to play martyr when it, Israelis fire back. Um, how can it be that members of our Congress and both chambers of our Congress can openly advocate for the murder of the Jews in Israel and then complain when Israel fires back. They they don't even want us to be able to fund Israel to buy uh, bombs to fire back at uh, at uh, you know at, at, at Gaza. Try, you're right, Bob. They tried to stop. They tried to stop the sale of weapons. Not us. Not the United States giving weapons. To Israel. Israel purchasing weapons from us. They tried to prevent the purchase of weapons by Israel from us during a war. Right. Our best ally. That's, that is how ridiculous these people are. And to, they're the same people. Literally, Congresswoman Tlaib in Michigan is the same person who six weeks ago said that 
there should be no police. So the same people saying there should be no police are now advocating that that we not let Israel defend themselves when they're being attacked by terrorists. <laughs> and, and, and Joe and Biden I, I calls her a fighter. It. Joe Biden praised her on two or three different occasions, calling Rashida Tlaib a fighter. The, embraced her and and uh, uh, in his speech and his remarks uh, at uh, up in Michigan. So yeah, it is it's in, it's scary. It's wrong. Um, but I, I keep coming. I keep coming back to the fact. I think the I think Americans see through it. The mainstream press uh, plays this up. You look at your your news feed on your phone, and it's all these uh, stories about. And there's all kinds of anti-Semitic stuff going on out in L.A. What they did to Jewish uh, businesses, yeah, is just yeah. just terrible. Um, so we got to speak out against it, and we got to stand by our ally Israel. And I, I think as long as Republicans continue to push that. Um, that that will uh, that'll, that'll remain the policy. You know, the refusal to sell or the the uh, the open call to not sell Israel weapons during the war, uh, during a war, uh, it's reminiscent of what they did, what Obama did with with uh, Ukraine, a sovereign state being invaded, with Crimea being invaded by Russia. They're begging yeah. us for help with weaponry, and we send them blankets and, and MREs. Obama would not allow them to fight back. He sided with Russia. Now, of course, uh, the Biden administration, or at least many of the Democrats in the administration and in the Congress are siding with Hamas over Israel. I, I just don't yeah. understand their, their way of thinking. That's crazy. And when, and when, when Biden sent them blanket, Ukraine blankets and MREs, uh, and when President Trump really helped them, he gets impeached for talking with the president. He's like, <laughs> go right. figure. You can't make this stuff up how crazy the left is. Uh, but the American no. people understand. You really, you really can't, but they're making up as they go along, and that's the real irony. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much for the time, sir. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. You bet. All right, 10.02 now. We'll take a timeout and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer.